A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Hello, signers. The, before we get into this week's episode, we have reviews. Yay. We're so excited to read these reviews. If you aren't aware, if you leave us a five-star review, we will read it on air, no matter if it's good or bad, glowing or panning, um, <laughs> as long as it's not just like really, you know, uh, racist, ableist, sexist, any of the ists. We'll read it. Um, we just want those five stars. It helps people find us. Uh, it helps our, you know, rating. And also when they're nice, which they mostly are, they make us feel really good. Uh, and we love hearing from you what you guys like and and don't like. Uh, so it, it helps us help you in the symbiotic relationship that is the creative process. <laughs> Without further ado, let's read some reviews. This first one uh, comes comes from cabbie with my favorite like sparkle emoji mm. uh and this review is titled lovely podcast i just have to say i love listening to you three on this podcast it feels like sitting in on a lovely brunch with all the girly woo woo and astrology chit chat a girl could want you've made this gemini rising aqua sun and moon very happy thank you so much for this podcast i wanted to take the time to let you know how appreciated you are sparkly heart sparkly heart sparkly heart Thank you Aww. so much, Cabby. This really was a lovely review. Yeah, I mean, you're. I'm can't. Let's let's do brunch, baby. Yeah. I, I'm That's waiting it. for a brunch. I'm waiting for a glitter emoji brunch. Uh, yes, right. Uh, next up is my favorite woo woo podcast from Mika Lacos, and it's hands the hands up like yay like hands up. I love this pod. Another hands up. I also seem to find myself here whenever I'm feeling a little lost or in need of direction. 
I've been listening to this pod for about a year now, and I've even gotten a personal reading from them. Well, thank you, which of course I loved. You girls know how to make astrology easy to understand for the average person, and that is so freaking awesome. It's like going to school, but in a fun way. Cry, laugh emoji. My question is, oh, yes, question. I am a Leo sun, Leo moon, cap rising, and I find myself often liking cap men. Oh, next. My dad is a cap son and I adore him. My husband is a cap son and he's well, my husband. Why is this? My husband's rising is also Virgo. If that explains any explains things better, that emoji that's like drunk looking and the hands up emoji. Thank you so, so, so much for everything you do. Heart emoji, uh, heart faces emoji. Okay. Um, la, like love when we're talking about caps and like daddies right like i gotta talk about cap daddies also great use of the review system you can sneak in questions and self-promotion so don't be shy everybody okay leo well okay i think leo we've talked about this before leo and caps are you know peas and carrots in a lot of ways even their symbols i feel like are are very similar. similar And there's just this CEO. I know it's tacky. The CEO attitude. They're 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 feeding. They're eating first. And nothing's hotter when two people are like, "I go first. No, I go first. And then you just like make out passionately because you're both like you're both the alpha. I love that theory. I also think that it's the back and the bones. You know, ooh, the back and the bones. It's tingly. like they yeah. need each other to work. And it works well together. Well, it's also, I think, yeah, I think it's very like results driven too. And it's also like people who want to get things done. So I know like CEO or, you know, all of that is like a very like, uh, you know, cliched capitalist leaning kind of way. But I think it's also just like, these are the, these are people that like do what they say. They are there like. I don't know. It's just, it's like the getting things done. It's the sticking with it. It's the creating the structure and the foundation. And I also like it both as like, you know, thinking of Capricorn as big kind of mountain peak energy and the sun being Mm -hmm. like, that's, those are the things that are up in the sky. It's like the sun, the mountain, like that in that rarefied air where it has to be consistent and and like stable and all of that you know what i mean like well yeah i was thinking that sun uh the sun being really seen and wanting to be valued for who they are and then cap really wanted to be valued for their work or not it doesn't always have to be like literal j-o-b but like how they how they present themselves the things they adorn themselves with i feel like leo and caps are always like the signs that have like artisanal clothing or stuff they even made themselves, like things that are just like unique. And I think that they both value originality and um, that's dope as hell. So yeah, yeah I think and we, you all, know and we why. all, and we, and we all marry our dads, don't we folks? Uh-huh. <laughs> we sure, we sure do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, world problem solved. Next one. <laughs> Your next review comes from Ann Taylor Yogi. Yes. I love, love and appreciation. Jazz hands emoji. Sorry, there's some noise at my house. I don't know if it sounded like I was taking a huge pause. Um, It begins, Taurus Sun, Cat Moon, Leo rising here to give some appreciation to the best podcast hosts. These ladies have helped me so much in my journey of learning astrology. I love the stoner boner questions, especially in the ninth house episode. 
I have been backlogging as well and find it incredible that there have been predictions, question mark, to masks, pandemic, craziness this year, Saturn Return, and Uranus and Taurus episodes. The Signs While Traveling was another fun episode. I think it would be great to have a What's to Come in 2021, Retrogrades and Charts, and Astro Cartography. What's your go-to spot to find strengths in the chart? Thanks. Uh, love everything you do. Thank you, angels. Well, thank you, Ann Taylor yes, Yogi. Yeah. Um, first of all, you got me to say stoner boner, so congrats <laughs> on that. Um, I am not sure that we predicted masks, but possibly. Um, I'll have to go back and listen. Uh, I do think that... For strengths in a chart, um, I think the chart ruler is a really good place to look. Um, I think stelliums or any kind of thing that feels really concentrated in your chart can be can be strengths. Uh, I also find that um, for me, I think the sun is like a really good place to look for strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not to give like a super mutable answer, but I just think it depends on. I mean, what are strengths? to be get you know to me like what are we what are we even talking about i think anything can be a strength and a weakness and like it depends on the situation that we're looking for because what might be you know there isn't one point to me because what what, what might be in a strength in one situation could be your weakness somewhere else too so i think it's all everybody every all of our placements have have strengths Mm-hmm. And all of them are are shitty, you know. I mean, this it's is yeah. Let's answer this with a trick question. I think technically trines, right? Technically sextiles are going to give us some insight on gifts. But I'm convinced, like this is just my theory, that this is sometimes shit we really don't know about ourselves. I think asking friends, and maybe this is my eleventh house in this speaking, asking friends what we're good at is mind-blowing a lot of the time so maybe ask your most honest e virgo e whatever e friend what you're good at and i think looking at squares or looking at like harsh angles i'm air quoting can also give us that like where can we where can we push ourselves so strengths yeah i mean it's gonna depend i think chart ruler is a great spot it's like gonna i think where do we value right like what's gonna be maybe really rooted and important to us and that that rising and then that planet associated is gonna give a lot of depth and info but it's all going to depend. But I think I, I like this chart ruler, chart ruler and sun, because I think the sun does get glossed over a lot of like, this is what we're here to do, you know? Well, so I like, think it also would be I like what you, what you'll like, uh, what you'll appreciate hearing are your strengths too, or like what you want mm, to yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know. too, I mean, astrology is just a really personal thing. And I think a lot of people don't realize it because it is in pop culture so much. Like, recently someone asked me to kind of give them a reading and like they just said they were having like a bad week and um gave me their birth info and like I it was someone I don't know very well and I was like oh I think you know maybe you're feeling like this and I see you know this is transiting here and oh I don't know like maybe because of your upbringing like this this, and this and you're really career oriented in this way and they're like I didn't realize that you would know this much or like they were very like, uh, yeah, uh, we don't like I barely know you. And like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was asking such a deep question kind of thing. Yes. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, like this is a really personal study. So I think it's kind of like what Julia said, too. Sometimes those things you poke at, they feel like 
deflating a balloon or something it's like it's okay there's like strength in there somewhere or like mm-hmm. a thing that you always get told like an astrologer might say oh well your strength is your really decisive and um uh like bold voice but if you feel like you are always the loud one or something like that's not going to feel like a strength you're going to be like no that's the thing i'm like embarrassed of or I don't, I don't want to be the loud, brash person all the time. I want to be demure and whatever. So I, 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 it just also depends on like what it's, but goes both ways. Again, it's like, what are you bringing to this? And, and what are other people pricking up from you? Well, now I am, and this is just like, I'm just talking to talk. Hello, Gemini Mercury. But I'm thinking too, <laughs> of like going back to stelliums though, like conjunctions though, I think our real messages from the chart of like, Hey, we got a lot of co-workers agreeing on this subject here you know like maybe your son is conjunct mercury and you do have something like important to say or your message is part of your journey so i think yeah i think looking at those conjunctions are just another fun place but um yeah we have free will we can do whatever the fuck we want um and um, like leave us reviews which you did (laughs) (laughs) you did great sweetie thank you uh this next review comes from heath b 918 and it's entitled thank you all caps with another one of my favorite sparkly emojis virgo sun pisces moon and scorpio rising here i'm an artist trying to get back into my practice and if there was a silver lining of the pandemic for me it was quitting my soul-sucking job and getting back into painting i recently started listening to your podcast while i work and it consistently puts me in such a great headspace i paint natal charts and plant pots having a thriving indoor plant collection is also a silver lining of lockdown uh parenthetical there and listening to wis gives me clarity while painting i'm learning laughing and digging deeper into all the imagery themes etc of my work and i just wanted to say thank you for aiding in that growth me and my little instagram account al uh a L I'm like, I want to say it out loud, but Aliuma way, mm. I'll spell it and we'll shout her out. Uh, it's at A L L I U M A W A Y. Send our appreciation and all the positive vibes your way. Follow. Oh, I've seen this account. I, it's, I know. It's I was dope. like, I've seen this account and this is a good account to follow. Great. Uh, great works mirror stuff i'm i'm very much a fan and i'm sorry i can't say alumia way allium way allium away allium away allium away okay ali um Um, away away there we go i was like i keep wanting to say i um away (laughs) yes all i um away Away. allium away for 50 percent off at allium away go to i'm just kidding (laughs) follow allium away there we go uh thank you so much for your review you're so welcome and we're so excited to be helping in your process and congrats on uh getting back into painting and leaving your soul-sucking job Yes. Silver linings. And and a great, truly great account. I've I've seen you. I've seen you in the What's Your Sign IG zone. Follow this account. Allium away. Ladies and gentlemen, Allium away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next review is from Jay Fairbrother243. Makes Mondays feel less like Monday. 
the most entertaining astrology podcast I've found. That's how I'm saying in that tone. The most astrology podcast I've found. I Love all the information and how easily digestible it is. I recommend this to all my friends when they ask me astrology questions. and I want to give them a fun, accessible resource. And congratulations to Julie on her engagement. Thank I'm you. a Gemini sun, Taurus moon, Leo rising. I'm reading slash studying on my own to develop a specific business concept that involves election astrology. But I know I'm not knowledgeable enough to launch it yet. At what point did you feel qualified enough to start charging for birth chart readings, et cetera, question mark. I've been practicing by doing them for friends, but I don't know how to judge when I'll know enough to engage professionally. Thanks for advice you may have. Looking forward to every week's new episode. Ooh, a third charging right now. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say Start charging as soon as you can. It's, if you're you giving feel, labor, charge money. <laughs> and you feel more, um, I think it, it takes on a little bit more responsibility to you. Also, someone's always going to be the first one. So yeah. I wouldn't say like, if you've never read a natal chart before, I wouldn't be like, yeah, you should charge people $1,000. But like, you no. know, start charging people or do it by donation base, like right away. Um, we didn't do it right away, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I definitely think like back to the first ones we did and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I would love to hear from some of those people and like, see what their input was just because. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There were, there's always going to be a first person that you ever, you know, that ever pays you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like to, I think when you, I, I hate to be like, oh, you feel it. But I think there does come a point when you kind of are doing something and you feel like, oh, I did a lot of work for that to not get paid or like, I, right. <laughs> when, when it feels like, you know, I think when you first are starting out doing something, you're just excited to talk about it. And then you kind of realize, you know, enough when you know how much work goes into giving someone what it is that they are asking you about. So it's like when you're first learning about astrology, you're just excited to speak that language to someone. But then when someone has a question for you and you know, like, well, this is the amount of research I need to do. And this is like how much time that's going to take. That feels like the time when it's like, yeah, start asking for money. And you can ask for less at the beginning. You can ask for a smaller amount if that makes you feel comfortable. But I think Lisa's right too. When you do start asking for money, the, the responsibility that you feel also feels like you can safely give more effort because you're being paid. And now there's an expectation and all of that kind of stuff too. But whenever yeah, we- you feel like you're ready. And we, I know for like just us, like we started with small batches, right? Like just, Mm -hmm. you know, tactfully speaking, like we started with small batches, like, okay, we're going to open up this. And then we, then then we, more than we could chew. Then we started, then we did. Then, yeah. And you're going to fuck up also heads up. Um, That's a business in general. You're going to learn by doing um, and not from holding yourself back. So like maybe like for us, it was like, okay, we're going to take 10 charts and we're going to charge, let's say $50 just for, just to give it a value. And then we realized divide by three, that's nothing. And we also realized spending an hour reading with someone that's really nothing. Like we all, you know, fight for 15, $15 is fucking too little for people. We all need like 30 plus dollars an hour to survive. So I think too thinking of it as like, are you hitting even minimum wage, right? Like, are you hitting and not like starvation minimum wage, but like, are you hitting even like $15 an hour? Cause I think that's, even if you're new as fuck, that is totally reasonable to ask for. So like, don't work for free. I mean, maybe give readings to friends, of course, give readings to friends, but start small, 
And I, I think you do just know when it's time to up the prices and you just know when it's time to like, oh, I can take on more and just setting expectations with people too of like, you know, if maybe if it, you're doing like write-ups, for example, like I can turn this around to you in one week versus like the next day, like just know, know your parameters uh, as best you can. And I think that that's, but yeah, start charging. If you're doing labor charge, like it's just, yeah. we're in the capital, we're sadly in the system where we have to yeah. get money. So you deserve yeah. it. Get that money. And that applies to all business, just a heads up charge for your work. Um, and it feels good. Like, it, I think I love what Lisa said too. Like it, you want to do a better job because you're like, fuck, someone's paying me for this. So I like better turn it out and like show my work and also getting surveys afterwards. You can send like an anonymous survey monkey link or a Google form and see what people liked. You could get testimonials too. So you just start to build up your client base and yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Let us know what your business is. I mean, election astrology is hella interesting and like a little over my head. And I appreciate people that are go that route because that's that's really cool. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. So re, uh, re, get your friend to write a new review for this and um, then we can plug your business in the future.com. <laughs> your next review comes from the girl from Oregon. It's titled Pisces Sun, Leah Rising, Aries Moon. Thank you so, oh, let me start over. Thank you for bringing so much self-discovery and community discovery to my life. Astrology has given me so many avenues to relate to others in my life, as well as helping me interpret my own self and figure out how I help slash sabotage myself. While I have water and fire in my big three, I have a fourth house stellium, Libra and Mars, Saturn and Pluto, Jupiter and Scorpio, as well as Mercury and Aquarius. Add on my Venus and Capricorn, and it's easier to understand why I'm not a Pisces that cries. <laughs> Smiley emoji. I'm having trouble finding fulfillment in my home slash romantic aspects of life. What's up with that? Uh, kind of sad screaming emoji. Not really screaming. You know the guy. Um, also, sometimes oh, yeah. I he's, feel like, like, he's like, wham. Wham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, sometimes I feel like my Aries moon is a man child that all my other placements are embarrassed <laughs> by. Anyone else Thanks. relate? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually. I knew a thing or two about that. Um, well, you've All been right. getting a lot of stuff. I'm sorry you're having trouble finding fulfillment in that in that area. You've been having a lot of mundane transits and you've got a lot of focus there. And I think whenever we have a lot of focus, it just also means that we're thinking about it a lot. So it's even if we're not, you know, not to minimize problems or say that you're not having those things, but it's it's an area that you focus on. So you're going to recognize the highs and the lows and all of those in between things, whereas other areas in our life, we might not be giving as much thought to. So we're not necessarily, you know, thinking about, am I measuring up here? Because we're not measuring that stuff. So I think, I think also, you know, it, it, it is again, not to be like, it's going to be like that forever, but you know, between the transits and just a, na a natural kind of preoccupation and focus with it, I think you're noticing those things. You're going to notice those things more because um, they're important. And it means you think about them. I think I also, oh, go ahead. Oh no. I was going to say, I just think Scorpios during these like current transits we're having, keep thinking that they're like getting away scot-free from like the current planets but i think they keep forgetting that their uranus is opposition to their scorpio placements and i think that can feel really like bored <laughs> like in a lot of ways because we're all having uranus maybe fuck with us a little more directly if we're if we have other fixed signs i um, mean you have your mercury there but i do think that that like opposite from jupiter which is all about like 
experience and going out and like doing the most is maybe feeling just a little bored right now. And it's fair. We're in a pretty boring, like there's not much going on. So I think, um, I don't know, this might be basic, but just like finding contentment, right? Like when we're like, things don't have to be wrong or things don't have to be like on for us to feel right. Like just to like appreciate the now. Um, I know that's like not great advice, but I think that that's like maybe something Scorpio people keep forgetting that they're having this Uranus opposition, a lot of, a lot of their Scorpio stuff. And I think that can just be kind of all the Aquarius and Saturn. And yeah, and you have those Aquarius too. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my little take. I also think that because, um, you do have, uh, the fourth house stellium, I think that your focus may be there somewhat. Like you may be thinking about the home stuff a lot, um, which right now, obviously, like I don't think anyone is super like <laughs> stoked on like <laughs> being home. You know, I think we're all like, yeah, of course, like we'll do it. It's not like, um, you know, I'm ready to go like throw a rager or anything, but it's been a long time and it's tiring and it's kind of these four walls kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think while, you know, maybe in a previous life, there was a feeling of, "Ah, I can't wait to go home, you know? And I think that that's a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, And especially like with romance stuff, it's like, I don't, you didn't express whether you're in a relationship or you're looking for one. Um, I imagine that you're looking for one. If you're in a situation where you've been quarantined with someone for a year and you're like having trouble finding fulfillment, I recommend therapy or maybe, you know, figure like talking to that person. But if you're mm. like looking for romance and having trouble finding it, yeah, pandemic right now. <laughs> probably not going to help. Um, so, you know, I just, I want you to be easy on yourself because you're in a tough time. Um, and like, I don't know, there's a ton of astrology groups or like, you know, people who are active in our Facebook group or our Instagram or whatever, like meet and love each other. And like, we have a great community. So I recommend like, you know, being a part of that or trying, like finding those relationships online, I guess. I'm sorry if this is like corny old lady. Answer. No, you can I also think- like date people still. I know that there, there are safe ways to do it. I'm just like, I can't imagine what you're going through. No, it's yeah. yeah, it is. It's like when that's an important thing, if like getting to show off your home or do those things, like when we can't do that, it's like, yeah, of course we're not going to find fulfillment right now. And and not because we'll never find it, but because right now it's just like a tough, it's a tough time for people who love I, like, you know, performing, being at parties, putting on, like doing those, those kinds of things that we can only do when we're, it, uh, you know, flirting with a stranger at a bar. Like, it's just not, if that's what, if that's, what's fulfilling to us right now, it's not, we're not getting it. And that sucks. Well, and if you have your Libra Mars, um, in the fourth house, then that Aries moon is up in the 10th. So it's very much seen and very much out there. So I think that that like opposition is like, you know, I, I know you meant uh, said like, is this man child? I might be embarrassed by it, but like as an Aries moon, it's like, yeah, we're a bit, that's like our little splash of extraness and it's very out there. And that's like, is can be a very goal oriented, want to see results thing. And we are in a very stasis spot. So it will get better. Time will keep going and we'll be good. 
Thank you so much for your review and thank you everyone for your reviews, everyone who's left a review. Uh, if you haven't, uh, consider it. Uh, like we said, positive, negative, as long as it's five stars. <laughs> five stars. Uh, We're we will- sucker for the stores. Give me the yeah. stars. But we love hearing from you. We love hearing what you like, what you don't like. Uh, it helps us make a better podcast and it also makes us feel great and we appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for your reviews. And without further ado, please enjoy this week's episode. I've got friends with attitude. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. And I'm having a boba every day. Boba yeah. every day. Every day I'm bo- boba in. <laughs> Are you a boba freak? I'm so on boba right now. I'm so into it right now. And I've gone through every phase, I think, of boba where initially I was like, I hate this. I tried it a second time. I was like, okay, I think I like this. Now I'm in the like, I full on want one every day zone, which I think really needs to be tamped back. Um, but yeah, I'm obsessed right now. Um, what sparks the love? What flavors are we doing? I'm, I've never really fucked with boba. I, okay. I think I've tried it once and I reacted to the balls as one does. Mm-hmm. And then I ran away. Okay. So like what, so- where, how, how did this happen? So I will say, first of all, because some of my friends asked me today, what's boba? And I think people don't really know. It's a Taiwanese bubble tea. The bubble is not because of the balls. The bubbles is because it's shaken and it makes like a bubbly, foamy top. And um, one of the things I really love about boba is that they let you choose not only from different flavors and mixes like tea and like fresh squeezed grapefruit or like smoothies or shakes or like whatever you also choose your level of sweetness which I think is really important in desserts and I feel like that is not um like even at Starbucks I feel like they don't honor that so much no everything's sweet so I really love boba for that um I think if you don't like the tapioca or the balls at the bottom there are two there are a few options one Try mini boba pearls where they're not like the big ones. Okay. To the popping boba where they're like kind of gusher bobas that mm-hmm. aren't like chewy uh, or the royal, what are they called? Like mango jelly or stuff. They have like different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, or fucking just get it without it. <laughs> wow. You can straight up just get it without the tapioca and still mm-hmm. enjoy. Was, um, what was that drink? Do you remember there was like a, a 90s drink that wasn't boba, but it was like it had the boba tapioca balls in it. And it's not elements, but it looks it was like similar. 
Hang on. I'm seeing if I can Google this. Keep talking about Boba without me. I do me. not know. I don't know. The drink. Oh, my know. instant mind went to the the like ball, the drink that has the marble ball that you push in to drink it, that it opens the drink by pushing the marble ball. But I don't. That's not the same thing. 90s. <laughs> 90s. Like, I don't like I, drink. I do not know. I do know that the first time I had it, I got a shake. I thought it was going to be like a milkshake. I wasn't expecting the thing to like shoot into my mouth from the straw. And I was shocked and I hated it. And um, I did the mini boba pearls. It grew on me and now I'm addicted. Got it. And I'm right now I'm coconut strawberry smoothie. Ooh. Coconut okay. smoothie, fresh strawberries, boba, maybe add whipped cream if you're feeling nasty. Okay, I found what I was looking for. Is okay. This was a drink called Orbits. I think I do remember this. Non-carbonated. This is from the Wikipedia page. Non-carbonated fruit-flavored beverage product made by the Clearly Food and Beverage Company of Canada, makers of Clearly Canadian. Loved Clearly Canadian. Side note. Oh my God, uh, I remember this stuff. And this is okay. It was announced in nineteen. It was introduced in nineteen ninety-seven and quickly disappeared due to poor sales. Yeah, because uh, it looks bad. They did. I think it's beautiful. Drink. It's like a oh, lava beautiful, lamp. But do you want to drink it? Yeah, that's. I was <laughs> no, like, I was giving it, you the chat. Um. <laughs> oh wait, hang on. Uh, but they did make limited batches for a nostalgia buy. Uh, this drink was marketed as a texturally enhanced alternative beverage, <laughs> which that's sounds. So yeah. Uh, compared it, but but some consumers compared it to a potable lava lamp, which is what we just said. Um. Yeah, so I remember it. It gives you gas. I mean, it just looks like, uh, like, like, like debris in it. (laughs) Like, there's just like, there's, I mean, I know I'm not making a hot take. There's just stuff in it. Yeah. Also, holding, there's like an insane amount of cop cars, like, busting by. They're probably going to the lake, I'm guessing. Oh my God. Wow. Ruthless. It was like, it is like, like it's not just like a cop it sounds like 40 cop cars are going by i they probably are they've cut they've turned off the they've blocked off um freeway exit oh yeah they did that last night all that i saw that yeah i saw it on my way home today from physical therapy you can see echo park from the freeway and because everything's blocked off there's like a very unobstructed view of the park all all fenced off you can see for sure where they've already cleared out encampments uh, of our unhoused neighbors, and it's fucking tragic. I mean, maybe maybe this will just stay stay in the pod because, oh, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, also the show, the bullshit, the the money, the drama of just doing the wrong thing. You think just like wouldn't don't you just get that? that the people there's more people not wanting this than people wanting this there and yes we want unhoused people not sleeping outside but also not violently kicked out of where they made a community especially the echo park like for those who if this does stay in which probably will if those who don't live in los angeles like they've been living at uh unhoused people have been living at echo park lake the whole time during the pandemic because um, no one's given a shit because nothing's been open and now things are starting to reopen. So now they want to cl- cl- air quotes, clean up the lake, but there's been about 60 residents living at, you know, in, in like a sort of tent city, but they made like a community garden. They're like looking out for each other and they made like a, a society and they've agreed to keep it clean to, uh, you know, be 
neighbors, right? Like to be part of the community. And um, yeah, I mean, the disrespect for human life is just really off the charts in the United States. Um, and it's fucked up. Well, yeah, I think just... I've mentioned on the podcast a number of times that I've seen literal people like on the swan boats mm-hmm, <laughs> right. while they're fucking on house people around. So I'm not surprised that people probably called and complained and probably yep. called a congressperson who is also in, I am a constituent in the 13th district, Mitch. Yep. Mitch, and we're coming you for your ass. hear this shit, I do not mm. approve, but I understand that there are people in the community that probably fucking own $2 million homes and go on the swan boats and don't like the look of it. So that's what I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, why? I do agree that there's more people that don't want this, but I do think that um, you know, oh, they're coming to my house now. <laughs> oh, you hear the police coming. I know. I was, <laughs> I was so, just like, gonna, that is so I, funny. I was wondering if you're going to say, because we're not too far away. I was like, I'm wondering if, you, if you're going to hear it soon. I kind of, now I think I can hear your, <laughs> hear yours coming <laughs> to you. Here. I mean, I mean, we are really recording at a hot, uh, a hot time for LA politics right now and for just this insane insane moment and you know just shout out to everyone that is out there i hope to join you this weekend and uh um it's ground, up. ground game ground game la has a lot of resources you know there's calling and emailing and protesting that we can do if you are in the la area and i think it's also just a reminder that uh it's it's vital to be involved in local politics because that's how we change things in our neighborhood this is something that is is a la kind of specific thing but also it i not to discourage people from doing things but also mitch o'farrell our district uh council member is gets money from the police so if we want if if we want him to not uh if we want things like this to not happen we have to vote out we have to vote him out uh and i'm just Oh, sorry. I was just, I'm just sick. Like, I think we're all just sick of police showing up for a riot when it's people on the street demanding just uh, justice for human beings. Like, I, I like how much lo- how much fucking longer can we like arm the police like the fucking military? Um, we're just not done. I think 2020 was such a big pop off or so much shit. And we're just there's so much work left to do. There's we're not done. I also saw a funeral procession today. Driving. Oh, wow which I don't think we were allowed to do. So I don't know exactly what it was. If like a fucking cop died or something. So everyone's like, oh, stop the presses um, or what? But like, I don't know. It's like traffic's getting bad again. I feel like everyone feels back to that kind of daily grind. And that's what's like, I think stopping people from like continuing the fight for social justice. So if you kept it up this whole time, like, great keep going but also if you've fallen off a little like it's a good time to check back in yeah totally. absolutely totally. i was i was thinking the same thing about kind of checking back in and reminding like because that's to me not i mean obviously there's so many things that are deeply upsetting about this and and sad and all of it but it also is just from a truly pragmatic stay at like logistical thing it's like this is still not solving a problem this totally. is just this is just sweeping hiding sweeping something under a rug or moving something to a different place and i know that there are people that have different opinions on what the solutions are for these kinds of problems 
And yet we are just not, I don't, I just want a solution. I want something that is done, that is being done, that is going to like, nobody likes that there are people unhoused. It's the same thing where it's like uh, being kind and treating people with human decency doesn't mean that we're like fine with people living in the streets. We're not. I also just don't think moving them from another location isn't a solution either. And you can't be like, oh, I want to go on. I mean, you can, but it's like, why are we, why are we listening to these fucking idiots who are like, oh, I don't like the view from my condo that's also displaced a bunch of people and caused this problem. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's like the, uh, it's so, it's so frustrating. I just want something, like something. We can't just well, keep having us show up and fight the cops in their fucking military. It's just this back and forth thing that's never getting anywhere. And it's like, let's just try to get somewhere. Well, and it's also like, you know, part of this whole thing is like, well, they're trying to move them to hotels and they just won't go. It's like, yeah, because like you're moving them to like un- not as safe places than what they're currently in. And They'd also then they have, to lose, they have to lose possessions. Now they're in so a like much. police custody. People don't think of those so things because it's yeah. just- they, they only get two bags. Yeah. You know that? But also mm-hmm. something like that where it's like, okay, if you really wanted to help people, what they want to do is have it be so cut and dry so that if someone refuses a thing, you can write someone off and say that they are refusing help instead of saying, okay, well, one of the reasons why people don't want to go is because they can't bring enough stuff. How do we figure out a way to store people's stuff so they can come stay in a hotel room for an amount of time or something? Like, if Look, you, I bring more than two bags on vacation. Yeah. I'm Cancer Moon. I'd be bringing three or four <laughs> bags sometimes. I, and I'll tell you what, no one ever said shit to me. And some of these people, mm-hmm. like, if they're a fucking carpenter by trade, maybe they don't mm-hmm. want to get rid of all of their fucking tools and their only way of making money. Yeah. To mm-hmm. live in a hotel well, when they have a perfectly nice tent well, by the way. And the two bag rule, why? Like, there's not a closet you can check your extra bags. There's not a thing where we can keep their stuff safe and secure. I mean, going back as a cancer from Rising Mars, I'm bringing three bags on a two day trip. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm, I'm bringing, saying. I'm bringing multiple changes of clothes. And also, you are, if you are a person that is living on the street, I'm guessing you have a lot of stuff because you have your home on your back. You know, yes, like, you don't just totally. have one thing. Also, like the two bag thing, I can understand maybe from if there's like a safety aspect or whatever. And I do think that there are um, people at like SELA and um, a a bunch of the LA charities, which I'm like completely forgetting their names right now. I'm sorry. But they are working to help people get stuff into storage so that they can go into those people who want to go into programs. And let's just not forget the Echo Park unhoused community has tried to meet with council member Mitchell Farrell for the last year and all of a sudden now that things are opening and we're back to the grind and normal now the park needs to be clean air quotes clean and it's just like LA I mean I've you know I've lived here coming on like six years at the end of this year and I I mean the the amount of I, I just don't know what people think when they come from other countries and see LA, LA's unhoused problem because it is I don't want to be this like Karen about it but it's just like how do you not look outside and go wow we as a city should maybe do something about that we as a city it- should maybe get a grip on this this is this clearly is the number one most pressing issue for Los Angeles like get how do you not agree how do we all not as a city go like we should get these, I don't even know what the stat, stats are. 50,000 plus people off the street. It's something like. That's, 
It's. I think it's. Maybe I'm. Lo- maybe they I'm lowballing. I think you're low. They said there's three empty homes in LA for everyone on house person. That yeah, was one right. of the protest signs I saw. So that is fucked up. But I don't know. Well, you know, I didn't. I didn't research it. It's just so. Again, it's this thing, and with everything, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I. I get so frustrated with people not realizing that it's like this. Just this idea of like who's working hard. All of these things of uh. like, do you know how hard it would be to live? No one. No one who's been living in a home for this long or who doesn't think that um un uh, unhoused is a, a, an issue. None of those people could live without their homes or whatever. Like even just thinking about. Mm-hmm. myself living in an apartment and how much harder not not how much harder I work but I was like thinking about a like just kind of the moral judgments and maybe this is unfair of me maybe I'm projecting and whatever but let's like, talk it out let's talk it out but it's like these moral judgments people make on how you've made right decisions and all of this kind of stuff and uh-huh. I'm like I live in I was thinking about this while I was doing laundry which I have to do at a laundromat because I don't have an in-unit thing which is I have a whole, I'm not being ungrateful for that, but then just thinking about like, oh, I bet someone would judge me for like wearing these jeans more than one time or something, but like the level that it takes to get, I, I don't want to have to walk all of these things. And just the way that people forget how hard it is to not have stuff. Like yeah. how so my think- family members have straight up been like, what do you mean you go to a laundromat? Like yeah. that's still a thing. I'm like, in major cities yeah there's laundromats yes Mm -hmm. it's all of these things that people forget the removes from like or just thinking about people who are like oh well maybe you should work harder think about healthcare where it's like well you should you should leave your full-time job and then go drive uber for six hours and then go do this and go to that and get your laundry machine because that's how americans do it you just go suffer and go get the money and that is how you survive and it's just such bullshit we should have fucking stuff we all should have a home at the very minimum even if we have to go to the fucking laundromat the laundromat is a normal city thing well and it's then it's also like the (laughs) it's it's also like the okay so we're moving unhoused uh you know encampments for the people the only the people that can afford these overpriced uh Mm -hmm. fucking condos or whatever who also aren't bringing anything to our neighborhoods that's another thing that i'm on now where i'm like what are you contributing to the fucking neighborhood what are you bringing to the table because i am like even thinking i'm not in a i've been like zillow scanning not i'm not in any position to buy a house hey you're you know you're talking to a big zillow fan over here but even in my even in my (laughs) fantasy now i am unable to remove myself from being like you know what I don't even think even if I could afford this I don't even know if I'd want to live in this neighborhood because the only other people that can afford to live in this reality are fucking shitty I don't want to hang out with these these aren't people that I want as my neighbors these aren't people that I want to like raise kids around or be having my kid think I've been thinking about that too of like oh whose kids would I have to play with like who (laughs) you know what I mean like that future future planning shit just all of these things of like our priorities are so fucked and I don't have an answer and it's just on my mind and heart. And I, I mean, I, I mean, as, as maybe some people in the pod know, I've moved back uh, into Pablo's childhood home in the general East Hollywood area that has become, you know, he's, he's a Mexican man and it's become a very gentrified place. And I do live in an area with a lot of lines. Uh, I'll just say that maybe I'm giving a too close of a proximity, but it is, it is, 
it's weird. It is like, and I'm, you know, Pablo grew up here. He's was a baby in this house and has seen, you know, has seen his neighborhood change and has seen it get wider and less friendly and like, and ruder and just like not the same sort of thing. And I don't like, I don't even know if I have a point, but it is just like thinking of the future of neighborhoods and like, just, you, you don't have to come and change it. You can come and appreciate it. You can come and be a patron of it and you can come and just be, be a community, be a community member. That's like being a community member. Doesn't mean it looks like what you want it to be. It means that you take it for your community for what it is and you show up where you're asked to be and you're told to shut the fuck up where you're asked to be too and let the and let other people have space and speak. And yeah, I mean, I like look at him. I'm like, is this weird for you? And he's like, uh, yeah, it's fucking, it's like I like if you told me white people would be standing on the street willingly when I was 11 years old, I would be like roll my eyes at you. And now we're here. But L, but that's major cities. And like, I do hope this is very like, bitchy <laughs> but I like the one thing I like hope the pandemic does is make all the fucking loser basic asshole rich fuckers just move to like Vegas or wherever they're buying cheap homes and McMansions and just leave cities so like artists and, and like other people can just maybe claim space I don't know again I'm rambling I'm rambling I'm rambling but I'm just that's that's the things I'm thinking because people people will flock to cities like San I mean let's talk about San Francisco right like Galvin like just like just absolutely just destroyed by like the tech industry and now it's deserted because obviously the the um, climate change has just like made it very difficult to live there during the late summer months and rent you know like people that want to work any job that's air quotes minimum wage are going to have to commute in from really, really far because even just outside of San Francisco is expensive as shit. So I don't know. We're in such a sea change time and I don't know what it's going to look like. And I hope something's better, but I think not to be an astro bitch, that Pluto return is just mm -hmm. feeling real soon. Ain't it folks? It just feels like, yeah, maybe this whole thing just needs to go. It just needs I to go up. I think I think neighborhoods and stuff too. I mean, with the um, nodes moving into Gemini and Sagittarius, I think like oh, those yeah. things are going to mm -hmm. be so relevant in for people, no matter who you are or whatever. It's like it's something I definitely talk to people a lot about in chart readings now, or like when I talk to people about astrology. It's definitely something I consider like no matter what sign or planet they have, like, I'm like, oh, let's look at these two things. This is where the nodes are right now. And like, a lot of people I know are like, people I know who have dual citizenship are like, I'm ready to go back to UK or go to Canada for a while and like keep my dual citizenship, but like leave America for a minute, which I think is very nice house. And then um, same with like, I really want to create a community in my neighborhood and that kind of thing. Um, which I think is really important too. I mean, I know that during this time, like, I feel like before the pandemic, like, I maybe had some trouble with some of my neighbors and like felt like, oh, like, they don't like me because I'm up late or like I get home late and I'm like making noise getting in and out or I'm drunk or whatever. Or, or, or I didn't like them because like they would be like some of them have kids that go to school very early in the morning and like kids don't know to fucking be quiet you know so like yeah things like that or whatever and it's like there was never any like thing that went down but it was just always like oh I probably irritate them they probably know that they irritate me and like over the last few years I've or like this pandemic not the last few years but like this year um I've been like very grateful that everyone here is like 
speaks to each other says hey on the street like I've mm-hmm. run into them at like our little markets and grocery stores and like the local coffee shops and stuff and we always say hi and I just think it's really nice my community I, there's also like a local bagel shop that I always complain about because like not really <laughs> love going there and like it is it is very good but it, it brings a, a very hipster clientele. They take a lot of parking. There's a lot of dogs and big hats. Were they and- in the Were they in the infamous New York Times write up? Were they? I don't know. The, LA, the good LA bagels or LA Times. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. The good LA bagels. I'm sure they yes, were. They were. I'm sure oh, they, they were. were. Okay. Oh, I read. Um, it. I read it, and they were there. I'm not really. A bagel I'm. I'm. Person, I'm near a, a different bagel one, and they're the bane of my existence. But okay, so this is kind of the thing too over here where I've been like, oh. And like every time I go there, there's some guy talking down to his girlfriend. And I'm like, why oh, do no. I have to witness this fucking hipster acting like his girlfriend ain't shit right now? Like, I'm not in the mood. Um, but one day I was walking my dog. I saw my neighbor outside. She goes, hey, <laughs> the bagel shop, they're giving away a bunch of free bagels. <laughs> you gotta get down there. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like on, the, on certain days, I'm not gonna say which ones. Um, they like leave food out for people in the neighborhood that can't afford to eat there or don't feel like dealing with the wines like oh, the end cool. of their like whatever's left that is gonna go bad too you know that's cool which is i mean i think it's just this thing and i don't want to like travel shame people or whatever but i think especially as americans this we're just we've we've been up until this point pretty able to just like go outsource whatever that means these other things instead of being like well how do I make my thing what I want it to be then instead of being like oh I need something let me take whether that be food whether that be land whether that be housing whether that be just like oh I'm gonna go to another beautiful place instead of creating a beautiful place in where I live like we just can't always go somewhere else. Like you have mm-hmm. to also be concerned about where you're at. And it's like, pick a place. You should pick a place that you like being at. You shouldn't always want to be somewhere else or whatever. Like if you always mm-hmm. want to be somewhere else, maybe you're in the wrong place. You know what I mean? I think like, too, it's like what Stevie said, like, you know, if like, okay, the bagel shop, whatever, like, they, yeah, it's not perfect, but, like, at least they're trying to do something for the people that actually live in the neighborhood, and, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna be here because this is where you can afford to be or whatever, like, you don't get to be shitty about it. Yeah. You have to be a neighbor, too. And offer yes. something affordable. Like, at the very yes, minimum. They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. Offer something that's five bucks and under. Offer this. Um, This does make me, you, you say the word hipster. It's interesting, because I feel like when the lexicon of a hipster first entered like the spirit, how do we feel about the word hipster or being called a hipster? This is just like, this is, I feel like this talk therapy, like dis- discuss <laughs> what does hipster uh, like ev- evoke for you? It's like an insult from the sixties, right? That people reclaimed recently and now is an insult again. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I mean, I remember, yeah. like, I think there was, like, a blog, like, look at this fucking hipster or, like, yes. that sort of thing. And now I do think it's become the new yuppie, right? Like, it is this uh, modern, almost, like, unaware for the sake of style or something. I and think, I think yes, I have obviously, but- I obviously have hipster, like, duh, I'm like, if, like, a, if, like, a regular bloke was on the street, was like, yeah, that's a hipster. But then there's, like, this, like no one thinks they're a hipster right like is that the other like part like 
I don't know if there's like does anyone self-identify to be hipster but I also think that like what you're saying is true I think the difference between a yuppie and a hipster is that a hipster kind of wants to look like shit or like it's like they try to be either like bohemian or whatever it may be a very expensive version of overalls or whatever but Mm -hmm. it's not like a yuppie which to me connotates like a polo right right yeah mm-hmm. a little wasp a little wasp-esque behavior yeah but it still is like um an awareness like artifice and uh what's the word that i had before like an affectation it's very mm. much an affectation and it is to me i see no different i'm like in my mind already coming up with like the venn diagram that i'll never make but i have <laughs> but i keep like extensive notes on to me hipster is no different than like bro or whatever wow. like i think everyone thinks that it's i think there's like aesthetic differences always but it is still the same thing that's just like beholden to certain kind of like uh aesthetic and cultural rules and if you are outside of that it's stupid whatever's not that is dumb and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing so it is like this uh you know I don't know I just am like hip hip I've seen I'm thinking of hipster guys but also women too that's what I'm like it is this same thing too where it's like a condescending uh like I don't know, missing missing yeah. the point. I don't know. It's that thing. Like, all right, we need this Venn diagram, my, Julia. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> here's my the difference between a hipster and a bro is I feel like a hipster would never be caught dead in a gym. Mm, like they go true. to like a studio or Equinox, but they they would never be caught dead in like a fucking Planet Fitness. You yes. Know? Mm, yes. um, no, and also like the, aesthetic aesthetic. No, I, I know what you're you know, saying but for the, sure yes, I but agree. I also agree but it also is that thing of like um, everybody wants to look like they're not trying that mm-hmm. hard like that mm-hmm. where it's like whatever mm-hmm. and like for a bro that means I don't I'm not into fashion I wear these whatever I wear these like accepted things but it's the same thing it's just saying I'm actually super into fashion but also I only wear these accepted types of things these signed off on brand it's just like being a fucking I don't know like what's I'm trying like a punk or whatever not the same thing where it's like any any like label uh, yeah, thing like that where it's like, nah, now you're in a like dogmatic territory where uh, it's not about the, it's like about staying to a certain, just like, uh, uh, you get what I mean. Well, it's also probably regionally going to look different depending on yeah. where you go. Like I'm imagining like a Nashville hipster is going to have a lot more like felt hats, you know, sure, <laughs> like we're going to see a lot more absolutely. like pseudo country. I don't care. I mean, in Chicago, it's very lumberjack. From like uh-huh. you know, like very red flannel-y LA. I mean, we're we don't even, I don't even have to tell you what LA hipsters look like. It's, I can't you can't even describe it. It's a hot Sometimes it's there's a like a hot feather hot. involved. <laughs> it's a big feather. Um anyways, uh, back to the theme of the episode, orbits drinks. I know. <laughs> no, well, right. I think that community <laughs> and neighborhood and um you know the hipsterness of it all. can lead into our episode topic because the last time we really talked about a fixed star was beetlejuice oh my god was that that's a gemini fixed star yeah it was a long time ago i know 
Well, we are talking about fixed stars today. And I do think it's funny because I think that you're right that it does fit in the neighborhood versus travel um, kind of universe. But also in the like, I was thinking about it in a very kind of like colonizer or like reductive, not necessarily colonizer. That's like such a buzzy, I don't mean to be like, whatever. but this idea of how we flatten things, that's more what I was thinking of. Uh, and so fixed star technically is basically anything that's not a planet. Planets were named when when ancient peoples were looking to the sky and deciding things, everything was a star uh, to them. And uh, but planets were wandering stars because they moved in a different way. And fixed stars did not appear to move from our perspective. They do move to a certain extent um, because we know the procession of the equinoxes their their visibility to us has moved in the sky in such a way because the axis tilts um, but they do not move relative to each other so you know planet orbits we know they can be relatively far or close from each other they can be in the same place they can be in opposition they can be differently aspected but fixed stars will never not be in the same cluster of stars that they are in that does not mean that they don't move kind of like throughout throughout time and we don't see them like rise and fall in the sky um but they're just not gonna move from where they're into, at so to me yeah that's, they're not going to move into the next sign or yeah whatever. they're not going to move yeah. into the ne- or they like will from where we see them but they're not going to move like you're not going to see uh beetlejuice in gemini and then it'll move all the way across that from whatever insane. start yeah it's mm-hmm. not going to be you know they're fixed of- they're fixed yeah, yeah. <laughs> also you know the, the, name. the largest one i never thought of it but i guess someone mentioned it in something i was reading and i can't find it now but um the sun yeah is like a fixed fucking huge ass star whoa and also well, like that's... another oh just another one was like the north i think the north star is one that we're all familiar with right it's fixed and it marks the uh, uh like the sky i got i'm this is why we love this podcast folks i don't remember shit from where i found things i'm just gonna like spew it out to you but it marks the fixed sky's north pole which point this whole sky is like turning. So that's why it's like North it's Polaris. That's, that's the North star. So it's like, it's going to be in the same spot. <laughs> like that we, we know where to find it, where the other, where the planets are moving about, they're doing their thing. They're wandering. So if the fixed stars too, you know, speaking of like the neighborhood, they don't move from their own, you know, kind of place, but also this idea of, you know, we measure planetary movement based on the the zodiacal belt, the zodiac belt and the ecliptic and that we've kind of like flattened the sky down to thinking, perceiving of the sky as only that zodiac belt when it's, when it's not, there are stars that we don't use in those constellations or like there's, there's like the signs, but there's also each individual star of the constellation. And there are things that are outside of the con there's all sorts of stars that are outside of the constellation too, that are in the vicinity and out of the vicinity. So it's this idea to me of like fixed stars is such an expansive, there's so much you can get into it. There is fixed star astrology. There is 
I was listening to um, an episode of the astrology podcast where they talked about fixed stars um, and that I'm like endlessly fascinated with now and want to go down that wormhole. But just the idea of using fixed stars as a reminder of like being able to look at the sky as it is and not as we flatten it kind of on a piece of paper and thinking about just the, the Zodiac belt, even the constellations themselves aren't actually like equal 30 degrees they're varying in sizes but we flattened it in this way because it just makes sense for us to like measure so it got me thinking of how like each individual fixed star I mean I don't know if we don't know all of the stars in the universe but there are like such esoteric specific fixed stars that are like named for different countries and cities and different all sorts of different afflictions and capabilities and everything but this idea of like um what's actually in your neighborhood or whatever like the that astrology when we were looking at the planets those are like the major kind of um broader stroke personality archetypes and things like that but if we want to get like so granular specific we we really can but it's on this smaller level that like I don't know. I just thought yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool to think about that. There is there are more than the planets and it's so much more specific. We don't talk about all of that every day because it is so specific. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a use for that kind of specificity. I think that's a really well said explanation of the fixed stars. It leads me a little bit into this question, because I think, you know, when people talk about astrology, that they get the vibe that, you know, we're out there just looking up and watching Venus or whatever, um, which I think, you know, it's, it is a lot more math than, you know, than people think or know. Um, and so I guess the thing that came up for me the most was like, do you guys astrology aside or like outside of astrology before you were really into astrology? Do, did you have like a star like, I know my friend, Jessica Michelle Singleton, who's like a very funny comedian and Leo and um, just put out a country song. Check it out. Did, Spotify. Check out her. I think it's Ooh. called something another now, whiskey. Now I need whiskey. Now I need whiskey. It's very good everywhere. Yeah. And cool. it's charting on the country charts. So check that out. 69 cents on iTunes. Anyway, um, Jessica Michelle told me that uh, we were talking about doing magic mushrooms. And she was like, she was like, oh yeah, you know, when you're always like out there, like on trims looking at the stars, I'm like, what? I'm like, I've never wanted to do them at night. I'm like, I always do them during the day mm. because I'm scared of shadows in the dark. And she's like, you have to do them at night. Like you have to. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. She's like, they talk to you. She's like, I have a star. Like this, this is where I, I know I'm from. And like, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I learned this on shrooms. I know it's not like, you know whatever yeah. this is how people talk um and, <laughs> and um and like you know the the few times I've been very high or whatever I do I, there are ones that like I'm like I think it's that I always like take out my app or whatever I'm like I think it's that one again um but do you guys have a star that you like or a constellation that you I know Orion's popular was there one as a kid you were always like I want to see the big dipper or like did you have a star mm. that that really vibes with you before mm. astrology or outside of it I feel like I constantly spot that um, the Big Dipper's handle, like the, the that those one, two, three, like where you're like, there, she, that's her. That's the Big Dips, the Big Dipster. Um, 
but not like one where I like, I know that that's my, there she, there's my girl. But um, I see shooting stars often. When I do go see stars, I feel like I see shooting stars a lot and satellites. And I love seeing the dome. Like when you go somewhere out, like real in, in the, in the nature and you can really see the beveled edge mm-hmm. of how we're not flat earth <laughs> where you're like, oh, okay, this is, that disproves uh, that. So no particular, like, not like your cool mushroom friend where I'm like, oh, there's Betsy. <laughs> like I have missed, <laughs> I missed her, but I think that makes me, do, that does make me want to do um, psychedelics at night and find my new best friend. That's a star. Yeah, I'm the same. I just saw a shooting star the other night Ooh. and was like, "Ooh, shooting star. Uh, but I didn't I feel like I didn't see them for a long time and I was obsessed with it. And then I just started seeing them. Um, but I yeah, I remember I like the Dipper. I remember tr- kind of getting obsessed with trying to find constellations and being very bad at it and then just kind of giving up and being like, uh, I just like the expanse of this guy. But also i I feel like you can't see stars very well in LA and uh so it like you can't you really you can't, can't. But even, I, there's nowhere you can go either yeah you go pretty far you but can't I, more but, than you than you think but more than you think but there are those you, are the bright ones but the then when ones. you go the to yeah that's why I'm like that's why I think stars I didn't find stars that impressive until I went I remember going on a family vacation to Minnesota where you can see a lot of stars and being like oh this is a different experience and that being like mesmerizing and awe-inspiring and anytime I'm at a place where you can experience I would say just like the sky because I've had this same experience in daytime with like kind of the dome feeling of like um oh wow like this is this is this is so weird and unreal and I've also always been fascinated with the idea that and this is such a like stoner bonery one but that we're the sky is different in different places. Like it's not different, but it's different to you. Like we're all looking at the same sky, but it looks different to us. And that idea of perception and that kind of thing of, of the sky kind of representing this uh, unending way to trip yourself out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's totally. what astrology and astronomy straight up was. There was no TV. There was just like no lights just sky like I remember um when I was at the Portland School of Astrology in my first in my first year program we were talking about just like you know the the dawn of astrology right like the dawn of astronomy and how people were scared like it was like a lot to see straight up like unfiltered milky way galaxy like you could see that way more clearly back in the day compared to even like the multi-star dome that we see maybe if we're out in like somewhere really naturey with unobstructed light and it's scary you're like that's a lot going on up there well totally. something I, that's i sent you a gif um it, well it's a wikipedia page but it has a gif on it and it, it's kind of an easy depiction of the way the world moves through the uh the I don't know what you call it, the fucking Milky Way. What is it called? (laughs) The galaxy. The galaxy. But where I'm from, you can see it really well. I used to just lay out there at night and look up. Yes. Well, what what that also made me just think of is that, okay, so like I said, there's basically a fixed star for anything you can think of. There's hundreds of thousands, 
you can look yeah. up. And if you go to if you go to Astro like Astro.com, for example, if you go to extended chart selection, click the list of fixed stars. I mean, so many. There's a there's a lot to play with. So you can click thousands. Thousands. You won't mm-hmm. even know which ones to click because yeah. like you won't know which ones are near you. So I do recommend using astromcouncil.com. They have a list. Oh yeah, and I saw Chelsea that they had like Linda. Song. It was Linda Goodman's um forum that they're like re- yes, they're, they're reposting. Yes. But yeah, that list. Uh, did you guys look through that? Because that yes. was I was. Fixed stars are a look what's scary. close to you. Yeah, and fixed stars are a little scary. Well, that's <laughs> well, the thing. so it's mainly your son. Mm. So the other ones are like I think less from what I read. No, let me try. Well, other it. that's the thing too. So if you're doing like fixed star astrology, there also is their levels of influence they too have orbs and they are also able to aspect planets there's different ways of measuring how they can be an aspect with your natal planets um uh but also if they are uh like levels of brightness and levels of like are they rising or falling and all of this so it's like a whole a whole uh fan not fan fiction because i don't want to say that as a (laughs) as a like degraded but it's like a whole other astrological universe that we could be operating in based on fixed stars which i think is fascinating Mm -hmm. um you can also buy a fixed star reading from the astrology king who we often use um in our patreon new moon and full moon episodes uh we often talk about his breakdowns of the new and full moons um an elusive figure in our lives yeah we're not exactly sure we don't know a damn thing about it but i just found one of the um i do get one of the breakdowns and it is like you know it's not like a personal reading obviously it's just kind of some data and a little bit of just where your conjunctions are and stuff and it gives you links of where you can oh like some of mine you can like click on and see what they're close to it's mostly conjunctions with planets and stuff it's interesting something else that i think is interesting about fixed stars in the neighborhood and far travel kind of discussion too is that there are tons of different cultural associations with fixed stars as well so there will be differing things cross-culturally some of them are the same some of them are different and I to me that's an interesting way of thinking about how astrology would be different depending on where you live because you are looking at a different sky and certain stars are going to have significance and that will lend to your kind of neighborhood feel of why this star could mean something to you here versus somewhere else and how like the most significant fixed stars in Los Angeles aren't going to be the same as in Minnesota when you can see a bunch of them and they don't have the same kind of like oh this this is less important now when it's blending in everywhere else and just how that would change you know from place to place and how again like when we're when we're again this idea of like flattening astrology of I do think think it's so cool because it does connect it there is so much that's the same everywhere but also we don't want to lose these specifics and when we kind of say like oh this is all this or this is an important does that make sense what I'm saying yeah I think it's like well it's like why fix stars like why why are we why are we talking about this and it's like well these are things that just 
aren't going to move and might be by your astrological shit that's moving that just colors in more bonus content to, I don't know, like, it just feels like a secret that you're unlocking with fixed stars when you like find one and maybe the purpose or meaning. For example, for my moon, two degrees Aries, the fixed star Difta. <laughs> and I'm like, who the fuck is Difta? And then I'm like, oh, like this is just, again, this is from Linda Goodman's forum. Difta is about laziness and self-destruction nervousness. And it can be unfortunate with Saturn. I was just like, oh, like, I mean, that clicked for me and for like my moon in a lot of ways where I'm like, I'm this, like, how am I like, uh, Aries moon is typically fast and going, but that like feels like applicable to like how I feel maybe with Taurus energy or this, but again, nothing, nothing is like prescriptive or going to give you like, uh, you know, saying like, this is how you are. So be it, but it, it, it colors in more context. And I think it just can sometimes it just, I feel like fixers always say the most random things and you're like, weird, that hits. I don't know why. And it's a little scary. That's why I say it's like, it's almost like Ouija-esque to me where I'm like, how does it know this thing? It's freaking well, me it's out. I like also, it. I think it's also interesting that because they are fixed stars, mm -hmm. we are able to attribute meaning in a way that we don't with planets and signs because we have to account for a broader swath of things. When, when Mar if Mars can travel through all of the signs, then the associations we can put on that planet have to be able to fit a bunch of different things. So you can't say Mars is like, um, tripping over a rock and twisting your ankle the way that you could find a fixed star basically that would be like, this is fixed star ankle. Which means <laughs> right. It's literally this about this star is your thing because it's just the one thing. It only has to be that one thing. So I think we're able to get language that's also scarier and right. more definitive because it's a fixed star. It's not moving the way a planet is. We don't have to account for all of these alterations the same way. Like this fixed star is about blink 182 CDs. Yes. And it's like, what? And like, I didn't it's like, know. what? And it's like, yeah, well, it's, it's this random star at 100, <laughs> at 182. <laughs> 182 guys, degrees of a <laughs> If you guys really want to know how scary it can get. Yeah. Because I know you're all going to read and be like, oh no, it says it's unfortunate. Right. I'll tell you the one that is conjunct my ascendant by less than one degree, it's oh. called Agol, the Gorgon's Head. Agol. It represents primitive female sexuality, strangulation, beheading, danger to the throat and neck, murder, violence, mass catastrophe, the evil one, the demon star, <laughs> passionate, thanks, intense, hysterical, very unfortunate. <laughs> so, That's you know, awesome. don't worry. Like, there's going to be one of those in you. Like you're going to totally. look through, you're going to find one of those. It's okay. I also have it too. It doesn't mean that tonight I'm going to die. My boyfriend's going to strangle me to death because I'm pretty no, sure he's it, not. No, you'll probably strangle him. I think that's exactly. what it sounds like with your rising. <laughs> well, there's going to be some that's like, that's what's interesting. Some of these represent, right? Like, I like, oh my God, you're like so good at business and you're blessed. And then the next one is like, you're going to go blind. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Like, exactly. No. And like, I do, like, I know um, my mom has had thyroid issues and like, I do have a thing with neck and thyroid issues tend to be um, uh, genetic as well. So of course, like there are things in that for me that also trigger in a way where I'm like, okay, like, but I'm not like, oh no, it's like, yeah, go get your thyroid checked. Not like, 
you know, mm-hmm. that's all you can do. Like we like, especially Stevie likes to remind us, like we do have free will, you know, like you don't have to like make this your thing. It is kind of fun to look in those deep, creepy ones too. Yeah. Well, and they're also, so I always think of these things as like evocative too. And again, a reminder, like there are ones that, you know, there are these lists that we have of fixed stars that are by no means definitive. And also because of the, um, again, also highly recommend listening to the astrology uh, show episode about fixed stars. Um, the guests that uh, Kira had on are super knowledgeable and have a lot of great insight. Their names are Amaya Rourke and Oscar Diaz. Um, find them on, on the internet. Uh, they both are fixed star astrologers who talked a lot about kind of that of how to not a lot about how to do that kind of astrology because it's super involved but just the way hearing them talk about their process I was like oh I want to again I want to go down that rabbit hole but um we also are more focused on the fixed stars that are involved with the constellations that are associated with the signs so even those have been kind of clamped down in a way to make them fit in here so we'll know to pay attention to them because they're associated with signs but there are more fixed stars that aren't on these lists and also Mm -hmm. can still be like interacting in your chart and all of that too so it's also um because of how things have moved and all of that, it might not even actually have been conjunct to your rising sign. It's just, that's the thing. Like right. it's those kinds of things too, where it's like, we can't, we just can't get, uh, we can't scare ourselves or we shouldn't scare ourselves about these things because it's also like um, in ancient times when people gave these stars, these meanings, that's not, we don't live under those same conditions. And we know more, not only about uh, like, modern living but also about how stars are moving and things like that too i thought of that of like oh yeah if you just like saw they brought this up on the astrology podcast like if you saw an eclipse and you didn't know what an eclipse was you would be like what the fuck is that like that would be the scariest thing in the world the cosmos is it's like being a dosed on psychedelics with without consent you're just like that is a lot to take in even like i think about that with like utah of like how the Mormons were like, yeah, no shit. They thought this was the Holy Land. This stuff looks cool. Like it, yeah. It, there's like a wild formations out here that would make you believe in God if you were in a time, uh, pre any sort of like, I, I don't know, like civil, like modern civilization or yeah. television or news. Like you're just like, yes, this makes me now believe in God. Like this, there are orange cones in the middle in the middle of this like insane landscape and um i mean i don't have any recommendation this but i know there's fixed star courses i know there's i'm sure there's astrologers that specialize in fixed stars so if this just calls to you explore it because i think it is like a really fun never-ending easter egg sort of thing to get into i'm always going to preach know your planets know your aspects know your houses that's going to be the fundamentals of astrology but fixed stars are straight up like it's just for, it's just extra and fun. It can really highlight, I think, just hidden stuff or unknown things that are just that you, that are right under the surface that are just waiting to be called out. I it's also, also such a evocative, like go, sorry. It, um, for me, like some of the stars that I like seeing in the sky or that I've like looked at my app, I'm like, it's that guy again, um, or whatever we're in mine or we're close to planets and stuff. Um, some of them were in constellations that I've always been interested in. And so I was really like 
kind of fascinated to see like oh I remember like caring about that in an uh called the planetarium you know what I mean yeah (laughs) where it's like oh this is interesting like something in me like picked that up and like that that's kind of close to something on my chart is really cool um I also you know like I do think that the thing from astrology king it's for what it costs it's not super into it doesn't give you a ton of information so I don't want you thinking like it's a little breakdown but I think for what it costs is like not a bad place to start yeah it might just pique your interest in a fix which fixed stars he brings up for you well, I think it's also a similar thing. I know it is not the same process by any means, but it is a similar uh, thing to me. And it's like evocativeness as Sabian symbols, where mm-hmm. I think it's also yeah. like, what if we thought about our placements in something more specific where we can use language like this that we can't with the planets Um otherwise where like what what do those phrases mean to you obviously like lisa said you know i'm not i'm not literally afraid of being strangled or beheaded or whatever that is but what what does that conjure in you thinking of those things is there a modern equivalent that you can think of for your life either that you embody or that you're pres- or that that you are experiencing the world in some in in some capacity i think it's just kind of like a fertile ground to to see things and see what they evoke. And that exercise in and of itself is interesting for looking at your chart. I just bought a fixed star report. You know, I'm going to do it. Also that just makes, it this comes is not fast a, too. This not, is, also not, a this is not an ad. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it. Yeah. We just, it's just like a, yeah, I don't know. It's not an ad. We're just, this is what we do. Um, but this is just making me realize, like, I feel like I always, even when I started to get apps, right, where you can scan the sky and see what plants are, I feel like the ones I always like are satellites. They're never, like, actually. Really? Yes. I feel like I'm always attracted to the man-made things, which is, like, well, so, it does I feel like stand says a lot out. about me. It does stand out. That's very 11th house to me. Mm. Damn. Stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's cool. I mean, I also, like, the one of the things says like very happy by land and by sea i'm like well what the fuck else is there <laughs> like what yeah. the fuck else is there like come on um but you know i think it's cool because i am very happy by land and by sea and like i am very happy at day and at night and like whatever i think that checks out <laughs> some people like probably don't like they like the sun you know mm-hmm. some people love the moon i i love the moon that's like when oh, my man. friend was like on shrooms, whatever. I'm like, I only look at the moon. I'm like, I don't even know stars existed, man. Yeah, yes. shroom, shrooms at night. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> well, so but be I think careful that... too if you're on any kind of. Yes. Don't don't yes. be like so Lisa told not... me to take them at night. I'm doing the pitch black or whatever. You know, Near the I quarry didn't... where I might fall off the ledge. For entertainment purposes only. For entertainment purposes only. Well, this I is actually a stage is... play. This is a teleplay you're listening to <laughs> right now. We're just workshopping, folks. I think it's also that like um that in and of itself is like if you're interested in the 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 nitty gritty, get in there, but also it's okay if you're not. Yeah, you could like not like, give a shit about this. It's it's totally it's totally cool. Yeah, but I think it's more like the if it, yeah, you know, you know who you are. I'm just looking at so many so many of mine are like immoral fucking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's your what's what's our worst ones that we've we've encountered? Okay. Like, you heard mine. I'm yeah. a strangling murderess with mass That's the, the mass ma- death. That's the, awesome. The Medusa one. I think I have so I have a couple 
that are um oh gosh <laughs> either so i'm like in between it's so funny because it's like in between good and bad ones i feel like the worst one let's see not worst one but my closest one to my rising is about like poison gas and now i'm like oh cool i always fear carbon monoxide poisoning so gotcha i but thought also- you were gonna say i always have <laughs> i mean that's it. That's it. i do i do for sure oh that's I- honey I feel like my worst, my, my ones that are like, okay, um, I have, uh, Lasath, uh, conjunct Lasath and Shaula that are both conjunct my Venus and Uranus, um, Lasath is danger, desperation, immorality, and malevolence connected with acid, poison, accidents, catastrophes, operations, Oh, and then the other one that's the scorpion sting acid poison is one of my fucking greatest fears (laughs) and then this other one is mulam the root uh also this like the scorpion sting um danger desperation immorality and malevolence connected with as eight acid poisons again all this but also um aids in victory and sieges destruction of seafarers and captives exorcism mesmer- mesmerism spiritual pressure towards enlightenment wow and then this other one i think is funny that's just uh oh a galactic center that's a, va- a vast black hole at the center of our galaxy <laughs> yes she is i mean i just keep looking at other people's like sun sign degrees and things and be like yeah that checks out they are an evil clown from hell <laughs> like that yeah. is, that accurately describes them but then like it's it's interesting and maybe and I know again this is from Linda Goodman's forum who who wrote this who fucking knows this there's is also a list on astrology king um mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's there are, more, there's a lot there's of book there's books paper. of books yes. of course but I it's it is like I feel like they're either like the most like like fabulous review of like you are popular and lovely and the best and then the other end is like poison gas <laughs> like there <laughs> there's very few like eh, you're right like it's well, not much i also think that and i don't know obviously the process of the writing of the harry potter books and i don't want to know because jk rowling is a fucking transphobic problematic bitch but I do find it interesting I mean you'll see if you've read the books like obviously you'll see familiar names in here and then when you read it you'll be like oh that's kind of interesting for that character but I do think if you're interested in writing in any way these are kind of good writing prompts like for character development or you know any sort of thing like if you're stuck I do think this is a place you could come to a list like this and be like all right like what is propus? Like, let's get into this and just kind of start writing about pride and, you know, that kind of thing. It could be really mm-hmm. interesting for that. There's a lot of keywords up in here. Yeah. And okay. I think it will make you, if you looked at every placement, even your, um, the, the cusp degrees of your houses, right? Yes. Like that, that could just be fun. And I know 
especially for folks. I feel like after our Capricorn episode, we got so many people from the big Capricorn generation be like, yes, I'm a nine quadruple Capricorn. And I know sometimes we might just get bored of looking up the same signs or the same planets over and over. So I think that's what, that's, what's fun with astrology. And that's, what's fun with fixed stars. So that's what's fun with asteroids or like all this other shit where it's like, Oh, cool. I can just like flex my brain muscle in a different way and think about this from a, a, my, I can think about my Mars placement from a fresh perspective that makes me like, why do I react to poison gas? Why does that make me uncomfortable? Like, do I, was I obsessed with like, gas as a kid or like Chernobyl or this I don't know like it can just make you go on like a total new fresh tangent if you're feeling dusted with your chart which um which can happen I think let's normalize like yeah chart normalize chart fatigue let's normalize chart fatigue (laughs) it can happen we can get sick of especially for their constellium conjunction folks we might get sick of like researching Capricorn to death so check out some fixed stars hell yeah Check out the fixed stars. Have fun. Don't be scared. Um, be a good neighbor. And, drink yeah, orbits. Be, drink um, orbits. And get a boba. If get a boba. you want a boba this week, this is your permission to get one. Get it. Get your boba. All right. We love you. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at What's Your Sign Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. What's your sign? What's yours?